Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta, yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There but for the grace of God, feels me. supposed to be the easy day i'm gonna level with you people like oh, none of these days are hard days we all love doing the show it's a it's a hoot but friday's supposed to be the one where you come in like all right let's do these segments let's do this segment sorry let's give them a little fresh kind of content in the beginning and the end but today was wow felt like it was american gladiators getting up into the fortress of solid dudes presented by money monks and barbecue to get the damn thing did welcome everybody to the show i am your host with the most chad Duke screaming into a computer on the internet like, well, every single athlete and every single comedian and every single musician, I don't even know. Uh, boy, I was listening to some morning shows this morning on Sirius XM. Uh, my wife was driving me around today. Just the worst, the worst, the worst broadcast, embarrassingly bad, horrible shows. And I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how people get installed. I don't know how they're qualified. I, I, I don't know. I, it was a little bit. I, I don't listen to a lot of radio anymore, so I hadn't really encountered a lot of assembled shows. And it just makes me feel a lot better about what we're doing here. So happy to have you on board. Uh, again, I'm Shoot. That is the Cold Soldier, the Jolly Ogre, Big Smoke, as he's known in the streets, uh, Gigantor, who I. Uh, when I found him today, he was lounging on the steps leading up into the studio, all spread out, which was a very interesting. Of course, I, I startled him and he screamed for his life, uh, even though he knew I was coming. Uh, hello, Tor. How are you, buddy? Not doing great. What do you mean, did it? Um, for those of you that don't know, Gigantor generally gets here and unlocks the studio and warms up all the computers and boots up all the what have you he arrives on his razor scooters from great falls where he lives in his palatial estate well he lives in his parents palatial estate usually <laughs> usually he leaves i assume around 10 o'clock because at around 10 30 i actually see he arrives of course he plugs in his razor scooters and then i see him on the office camera here uh come into the studio and start to get things ready and he's putting stuff into the instant replay and he's pulling audio and he's getting the sheets ready for the day and does a good job today uh i was kind of scrambling because i'm leaving for the beach tomorrow after i work all day at commonwealth dry goods and as we're recording this it is friday so i have to get everything in order today because tomorrow i'm working all day from tape to tape and then when i'm not working i'm packing up the car 
and I'm getting in and we're, and we're headed off. And then we're doing some shows down there uh, this upcoming week. If you haven't subscribed to the Chad Duke Show, ChadDukeShow.com. Good week to do it. Whenever we're on remote, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we did a couple shows down around President's Day at the Outer Banks. Audience loved them. Uh, we went down to Nelson County on the Brewery Ridge Trail, did some shows down there. Audience loved them. So it's a good week for you to dip a toe into the waters. But <coughs> Tor was needed to be on his game today because I was driving out. to. I had to drop my uh, truck off to get the oil changed and the tires rotated and all that shit because I'm going on a roadie. So I'm without my automobile. So then my wife was picking me up from there, and then she was coming in to work, and then I was going to walk over from the shop right into this studio. We were going to bang out today's show. I was then going to go uh, back out, get my truck, and then we were going to take the dog up, drop off at the parents. And then it's a busy day. It's a busy day today, culminating tonight with the Friday Night Hoot Nanny, which, you, by the way, you can watch on Facebook.com slash Chad Duke's show. It is FRWE. We're starting right around 7. So Tor knows all this. And I'm going to put, do you know what, um, are you aware at all your subconscious, Tor? I am, yes. That you subconsciously, there are motivations there that you may not be aware of. Or may even be aware of, but be unaware of that you are acting on them. Are you aware of that? I am. Uh, I do. I subscribe more to the, the self-fulfilling prophecies that people okay. can put on themselves. But I am aware of the, self, uh, the subconscious. But you do know that today was a busy one for your pal. Yeah. Right. Was it a, is it a busy one for you? Somewhat, yes. Really? How so? Well, come in here, edit up the show, get ready for the hoot, but not as busy as yours by any means. Sure, days. sure. Um, I have to do all those things, and I'm doing a bunch of other things, too. But yes. it's, it's not that big a deal. It's not like I'm fucking pulling uh, giant center blocks off a hill. But I, I was kind of, all right, I have, I'll be here, and then I'll be here, and then I'll be. My day's planned out for me. So I'm driving back from the car place, which unfortunately I have to go to Centerville because I've had so many fucking issues with places around here. That the only, you know, those tired car oil rotate change flush places. Yeah. There's one that kind of does a decent job that I know of. And unfortunately, it's in Centerville. So I have to drive like I would say probably 15 minutes away from where we are now. So it's an arduous process. And I probably could do find a better one. But I've had nothing but problems with places around here getting all that shit done. So I'm driving from Centerville back to Fairfax. My wife's with me. And the one thing that I didn't have today is I didn't bring my bag. I didn't bring my bag with my laptop in it. And it also has my keys to the studio because I knew I was dropping my car off and I didn't want to be carrying it into this there in carrying it up. I just didn't want to. I, I felt like I could do the show with the equipment we have here in the studio and it would be fine. So shocked am I talk speaking like Yoda am I that I look down at my phone uh, when I'm about I'd say seven minutes out from the studio and it's a text from young Gigantor saying, do you happen to have your car keys or do you happen to have the keys to the studio? And of course I immediately know what that means. It means that he has forgotten. Um, I'm going to throw up the air quotes, forgotten his keys to the studio. Um, and, uh, I texted him. No, I don't, I don't have them. Um, I'm guessing you're locked out. I think you wrote back Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> I think is what you wrote back. Yeah. That, that was it. Yep. So I have to drop my wife off at work. And now I realize, okay, I've got to take her car. And now I've got to drive back to my house and get my car keys because Tor lives out in Great Falls, which would take him all goddamn day on the Razor scooters. Here he is, by the way. All goddamn day on the Razor scooters to get back out to Mom Pod Gigantor's house to get his keys to the studio. So I've got to now go back and get my keys to the studio, 
Well, I don't know if you're familiar with where this studio is located. We're surrounded. It is an evil cabal of red lights. There is red light after red light after red light. And there are some boss level red lights, God tier red lights, where you sit at them for three minutes and then you get five seconds to blip to, to pre-come two fucking cars out. And then that's it. You're sitting for another three minutes. And somehow I was hitting every single red light on my way back to the house. And I was sitting in my 20th minute of the commute back to the fucking house to get the keys because Dorf forgot his keys. When I believe I texted him, I'm hitting every red light. I'm going to plant dope on you and call the cops. <laughs> well deserved. I fucking, it takes me forever to get back to the house. I get there and I realize I haven't eaten breakfast and I, I take blood pressure medication. So I don't know if you, you ever take like a multivitamin on an empty stomach and like wash it down with a cup of coffee. It fucking, your stomach starts hurting. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. So I realize, oh shit, it's 11 o'clock. I haven't had any breakfast yet. So I find my keys, put them in my pocket. I hastily assemble a peanut butter sandwich, right? I, I, I hastily put this together and I say, I can eat this. I'll take it with me. I walk out the front door. I'm going back towards my wife's car. What do you think happens? You didn't drop the sandwich, did you? Didn't drop the sandwich. Did, did, a, did a bug get in your sandwich? Cicada! Oh, no. Cicada lands right on my sandwich. <laughs> and maybe some of you are sitting out there thinking, Duke, because I've seen you, you're carrying around an extra couple of few. Maybe the cicada's doing you a favor. The jokes write themselves. I understand. But it was fucking crazy. I walk out of my house and a cicada. Hold on. <laughs> Probably cicada legs. Wing dust. Wing dust, by the way, is going to be the name of my uh, late 90s rap rock band. All right. So write that down, please. Wing dust coming to a town near you opening for um, Static X. So I look down at my cicada sandwich and I say, fuck it. I thip the son of a bitch off. He goes flying. Um, by the way, again, I don't know how those things survive. Tor, he hit the ground and he did. What, what do you think he did? He did what every cicada does. Uh, you know, I'm assuming that he just rolled over like a proper creature would. He he stood on his back because you would think that any any creature on God's green earth that isn't a turtle, right? I understand that turtles have trouble. They're carrying their fucking house around with them. It's attached to their body. But any other animal on the face of the earth is able to, if they're on their back, flip themselves over on their legs. Not the cicadas, not the morons, not the ant-mans of the insect community. It just sits there and... And I was like, maybe I should just put it out of its misery because it's just going to starve to death dying here. But you know what? Fuck it. You tried to ruin my breakfast. Uh, you can just sit there and get eaten by a sparrow. Get in the car and I start driving back and I'm trying to eat my sandwich and I'm trying to have a beverage at the same time. And what do you think happens directly to the right of me as I pull up to a light? Uh, somebody tries to move up right up on you. Johnny Law tries to move right up on oh, me. Uh, there is one of, a, I think, a sheriff. It was one of the Fairfax County Sheriff's Department. And uh, I have my sandwich in one hand and I have my bubbly water in another. And I'm sitting there kind of driving with my knees and he looks over. And I look over at him and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he just points down. He points down like this. And so I'm like, okay, put down my beverage. And then I don't know what to do with the goddamn peanut butter sandwich. So I just put it on the seat. And I realized that's it for the peanut butter sandwich. Like I can deal with some cicada dander. I can't deal with the seat where Ripley Dukes gets taken to daycare every day. 
So the sandwich is ruined. I end up frisbeeing it out the fucking window. Um, I get all the way back to Fairfax. This, this has been, by the way, 45 minutes. Tour how you know, you've never been to my house, shit. Uh, fuck. You've never been to my house. That's, well, what about flying it? You've never been to flying A's. Monk's Bar... No, you've never been to Monk's Barbecue. Commonwealth... Dra- I've never been to Commonwealth Dragons. Anyway, my house is close. I live about 11 minutes from here, tops, with traffic. Yep. It is now a 45-minute round-trip commute to get back to the studio. I pull into our parking garage. Of course, the asshole that takes up two spaces, the lawyer douche who's in this building with us, is right in my spot. So I park next to him. Right next to me as I get out is a woman changing her baby's shitty diaper. Her car is pulled in front ways. Of course, I back in because I'm not a savage. She's got her gate up, and there she is with her baby's uh, naked body. What what appears to be, to me, uh, a party platter's worth of brownie batter mix in the diaper next to her. Fucking wipes everywhere. I mean, this baby, they must have been feeding this baby Taco Bueno for two days before it got to this fucking place. I walk out. She doesn't even do the bit. Like, I would just assume I'm not a parent. I guess when you're a parent, you're allowed to change diapers anywhere. I don't know how that works. You're allowed to breastfeed anywhere. If any of us that don't do that say anything, then we're uh, evil, awful people. I don't know how this world works anymore. But you know what I would do, Tor? You know how you, if you're down in the post, like if you're in the block, and a shot goes up, what do you do if you're playing some basketball? You box out. You box out, right? I would assume that if my baby's asshole and ball bag and shitty diaper are exposed to the world and I see me, right, look at me right now. Look at the way I'm dressed. Look at the way I look. I see me get out of a car next to you. I block out. You know, I kind of I move over. I position my back in between. You know, I, I, I know that she can't close the gate on the baby. But first of all, this is kind of an odd thing you're doing. Secondly, I just think that should be an innate kind of instinct for a parent, but I guess they get desensitized. So, um, and the shit waft, which I won't get into it. I, would, I wasn't finishing that peanut butter sandwich. I'll just say that much. So then I get finally here to the studio and uh, I come in and I open the door. And of course, Tor goes, ah, oh God, Jesus, you scared me. Even though you knew I was coming to unlock the door, which of course leads us to uh, where we are today and where we are right now. So it was a bit of a hullabaloo. Still don't have my automobile back. Uh, it's been two hours, and for some reason, uh, it's not done. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. But um, what I wanted to, to put before you, Tor, is do you think it's possible? Because I don't ever remember you ever forgetting your key. Like, I maybe you've done it before, but I don't remember you ever. You've never called me and said, hey, you need to bring your keys. I don't have my keys. Like, I've never gotten that call from you. Do you think it's possible that your subconscious said, I'm tired of that guy's shit, the big fucking hot gas bag. I know he's running around all day. Today's the day I just blow out of here with nothing in my hand except the carnation instant breakfast. And then I get to that studio and then he's proper fucked. Um, it's possible. I do. Thank I, you for the honesty. I think I've forgotten my keys two times before this. Once was when I was so down bad that I forgot John's name and we needed to get Dotson up here. Oh, that was a really bad day. And he laughed with his teeth out at all of my misfortune. Oh, I do remember that. And that was uh, on a Sunday when we tried to get ahead of the curve and uh, we just ended up, I, I baffed up that entire week. I don't know what baffed up means, I but that just, was a big L for you. Yeah. yeah. That was that was one of your lowest lows now that I'm remembering that day. And I think one hoot, I forgot it, and luckily Jester was here to... to you think that. you gotta... I mean, it, now that's even worse. because Now it's not subconsciously trying to fuck me over. I mean, I guess it could be both. But wh- don't you want to be more organized? Like, how have you forgotten your keys three separate times and we're still learning the lesson? Normally, I keep them on the, the 
the keys that I'm driving a car with. Okay. And um, oh, you don't have fir- a car. Yeah. The first time it was, I was just super down bad, uh, just terrible, ter- terribly down bad. And then the second time it was. I'm in the minivan now, and I did not attach them to the new minivan keys. And now you're not even in the minivan. You actually are driving on two Razor scooters. Yeah. So you don't have any car keys to remember. Right. So it's just two separate keys, and it was just it, it, it's just a, I'm not up right now. I, I'd say. By I got any you. Means. But I think that you got to learn from like if you if I was a Jedi if I was Qui Gon and you're my Padawan like if you made this mistake three times your head's getting chopped off by an insurgent's lightsaber. You know what I mean? You don't have this uh, safety net underneath you. What I did for the shop is you got to give a key to someone that has a shop next door to you so you can, if you fuck up or you walk out without the key or God forbid you lose it, you got a contingency plan. Your contingency plan is me. And that's not a good contingency plan because I don't get here the same time you do. You got to get here and set everything up so everything's ready to go and do the show when I arrive. Yeah. uh, We've discussed it now. There are um, uh, plans that are being uh, set up, and we'll have a good uh, backup plan ready. And I'll, okay. I'll, I'll make a good amount more keys uh, because I got to take the good key because I, when I went to go make a replica key, I said, hey, this key doesn't work, but I got a key made here before. Sure. I know the model of it. You're blaming the, the place you got the key made? Oh, no, no, no. It's all my fault, but I cannot rely on that place to, to give me a key when I'm in dire needs of one. Dire? Yeah. I'm probably have some dire in just a little bit now that I'm thinking about it. Gotcha. I'll just say this one more thing to you. Do you think that I know where you work? Like you have a Joe job. You got a key card for that? Yes. Do you ever forget the key card? Uh, I keep it in my bag. Right. Because that's important to you because that's a priority. You think if you forgot the key card three times and you missed three shifts or late to three shifts, how do you think that would go at that place? Uh, not great. One time I was four hours late because I thought I had the night shift and I had the day shift. Sure, sure. How did that go? It went uh, terrible. Yeah, it's bad. What I'm saying is, is that I think that when there's going to be times when you're like, uh, Chad's a big, fat, drunken asshole. I don't want to deal with him. The flip side of that coin is when this happens, it ain't a big deal. It's fine. You fucked up. It's not a thing. It's just like moving forward. We'll come up with a better plan so that it doesn't happen again. You feel me? I do. I just, I do. I don't know. I screwed it up bad, and then it was just—I don't know. I screwed it up bad. Did you get a chance to watch the Princess Bride at any point between then and now? No, I was I was in DC till three thirty last night. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's fine, young man. It uh, made for good topicality this morning, and that's really all I'm concerned about. Um, I also—do you know what the Next Door app is? Uh, I oh is that like a neighborhood app where you, people can like it's, talk about the neighborhood? It's just the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. I, I don't think anyone your age would ever be on the next door app. I am not on the next door app. Well, people my age have created basically burners on that app for what? <laughs> to uh, to talk shit in the neighborhood and the, like about people that live there. Uh, yeah, and if uh, if they're driving around, say they have a loud car and somebody is complaining about the loud car, they'll go on there and just roast the hell out of that person. Really? I didn't think that would be allowed. Because from what I've seen of the Nextdoor app, because my wife is on there for our neighborhood, it's very simp. Like, it's very much for normies and squares and dorks. Yeah, it is. So I haven't seen any shit talking on there, but um, I did see, uh, speaking of the cicadas, do we know, when is their cycle done with, by the way? It should be this week i don't think they should be around here anymore okay i'll be i'll be looking forward to that just because the cicada shtick is almost worse than the bugs themselves i don't really mind cicadas like i i think there's a lot of people that are creeped out by them but they just 
they don't sting you. you. They're slow and stupid. You can see them coming. Like, I don't like the bugs where I look down and the thing has, like, scurried all the way up my leg and I didn't notice it, you know? But a cicada hits you, it's weighty. I had one hit me dead in the chest while I was taking a leak out my back door and it was just sticking to me. And I looked down at it and I'm like, I don't know where you think this goes or where you think this ends, but it doesn't end well for you. And then give me a little thip and he's right off. Um, wife doesn't like him. She's pretty terrified of them. I think chicks probably, I don't know. I, point being. I'm tired of people talking about cicadas. I'm tired. I'm tired of cicadas being top of mind, and then the bad cicada streak that follows. My wife was f- reading me some of the cicada discussion on the next door app as we were driving in today. Oh boy! And the shtick is it couldn't be any worse. I'm, I'm going to read you. This is a sample. All right. Okay. Man and a woman on the next door app in my neighborhood. Man. Well, it's about time. It took you 17 years to visit us again. Cicadas for likes. Woman, my goodness, these things are overwhelming. How long is their visit? Man, wish I knew, but this one loves our neighborhood. LOL, LOL. And it's a picture of a cicada. He then goes on to uh, offer up a suggestion. What would the cicada's favorite song be? For me, it is I'm All Shook Up by Elvis Presley. Come on, neighbors. Let us know what you think the cicada's favorite song is. And then the woman responds again. I hope it's Bye 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 by NSYNC. LOL, LOL, LOL. That's <laughs> a shoot fucking conversation between two adults that live somewhere near me. I just want to fucking find their houses and fucking just wait out front with a machete. Ah! Just screaming and lighting myself on fire. Here's what I got. I got a big tree in my backyard. Yeah. It is... I, there might be a thousand cicada corpses at the foot of it. I'll take a picture of that. It looks like a graveyard. Why don't you sure. just send that in there and say, hey, That's a great why idea. don't you guys come over here, pick these up, and just shove your faces in I'm it. just going to say, I've been eating these every day for lunch. I've been saving on snack food for the past couple of weeks. You see, like, really disturbing shit. Because I think if you threaten their lives, they're probably going to boot you off the app. <laughs> but I think you could say things that would make them very, very angry or mean or scared. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. But then I listen... I watch the normie TV shows and I listen to the normie radio shows and I'm like, no wonder this shit gets over. No wonder James Corden is a huge fucking star driving around in a car just singing songs. Like, no wonder. Watch the Today Show, you know? Watch the NFL's Fox pregame show. It's just the dorky, corny fucking, that's just, it's what people are. And I think that's why comedy's having such a rough go of it right now is because they're they're those people are not content to just go to Jeff Foxworthy concerts anymore. They want to make sure that you're not listening to anything that could be provocative or cutting edge. Ugh. That next door at man, if you want to explain everything that's going on in our fucking world right now, go read what people are talking about. Go read what people are saying to each other really really unfortunate oh my god i told her i said delete get off that fucking app i said have you ever posted on it she said no i said don't ever do it every time a helicopter goes over tour every single time a helicopter comes over within 30 seconds someone posts oh does anyone know there's a helicopter you just got the shivers in you what's the helicopter for every single time there's a backfire or on fourth of july i thought i heard gunshots can anyone confirm sounded like multiple gunshots at the end of the cul-de-sac and don't get me started when the foxes start screaming in my neighborhood. The foxes start screaming, go on that next door app. Oh, my God, I think a woman's being attacked. Did anyone call the cops? Why are you posting here? 
If you think you're hearing gunshots, if you think a woman is being attacked, if you think a helicopter is attacking our neighborhood, call the fuzz. You just got to find the cool people. You just got to find the cool people. I did, Tor. You know who it is? In my house. No. You think I deal with any of these people? That's I, I wave at them when I walk the dog. I wave at them as I'm driving in and out of the neighborhood. I don't say fucking boo. Mm. I stopped doing the front fire pits because motherfuckers just pop in. They just stop by. Hey, are you doing neighbors? Sit down the fucking. Hey, I don't know if you're going to be okay with what we're talking about or what we're drinking and what we're doing or what we're smoking. Like, what the fuck is going on here? This ain't Mayberry. Which is, I feel kind of conflicted about it because I don't like the fact that nobody doesn't know their neighbors. I don't like the fact that we lock all of our front doors and things used to be way more communal. And I think one of the reasons why everyone's so shitty to each other online is because we don't know anybody anymore. We just know avatars and screen names and bullshit because there's no one to back up that person that you're screaming at and saying all these hideous, hateful things. There's no consequence. It's a duality I'm uncomfortable with. But that Nextdoor app, it is no good. It's up to no good, and I don't think it does any good for any neighborhood, and I don't know who invented those fucking things. Because it's not like, it's, it's if, if it was locked in, it's like, hey, this is Dukes from here, and I'm saying this. You know? I think that would be better than whatever this horse shit is. It would be, because then people couldn't make aliases and then just completely trash the people that are saying I'd like for you to bring in some of that. Can you get any intel on that for me? Oh, let me see if I can. I might have some screenshots. I'd like to see some of your dickhead friends and what they're up to. I'm just guessing your dickhead friends ruin everything like they ruined our voicemails this past week on the Chad Duke show. Yeah, they're terrible. All right, you look that up. Uh, let's do a quick preview. Uh, we got a big show for you today. Um, I had a run-in with an amphibian. Very close run-in. So I've been attacked by insects and amphibians this week. It's been very eventful for me. Tor and I were very excited to talk about the Jake Paul, uh, Tyron Woodley fight. We got into that. And then uh, Eric Davis, bunch of movie news, came on with us. Always one of our best guests. You will get it all today on the Chad Duke Show. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star review, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And consider checking out the uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Chad Duke Show. We'll be doing the Friday Night Hoot Nanny over there live for free on Friday evening. You missed a hell of a week. We'll get you a little appetizer sampler of it right now on The Chad Duke Show. Whether you're drinking by the fire, getting ready to send it into Arlington like your boy, or just trying to find an escape from your eight kids, make sure you check out The Chad Duke Show playlist on Spotify. And just go to chaddukeshow.com slash music for the official link to your new favorite playlist. It's the Chad Duke Show. Happy June 1st, everybody. Getting into the meat of the summer movie season. And what a summer movie season it is going to be. Who better to discuss that and everything in the world of cinema than the managing editor at Fandango.com. This is at Eric Davis on Twitter. And this is Eric Davis on Instagram on the Brenko Solutions Hotline. Eric Davis joins me now on the Chad Duke Show. Always great to catch up with you, Eric. How are you, my friend? Yeah, man, doing good. You know, movies movies are back. Going to the movies a lot more often now, so I'm I'm in a good a good place. Um, I am as well, and I remember. I got to give you credit. Uh, I think it was six to eight months ago. I don't even remember when we had the conversation. I said, look, I don't know if it's ever going to be the same because I think people are going to be scared. I think people are going to wear masks. I think they're going to stay away. And you said, look, this is not that's not going to be the way it is. Basically, people love movies. They want to see them in theaters and. It looks like you were correct, and I couldn't be more happy to have been incorrect about that. It's nice to see that people love a movie theater experience as much as you and I do. 
Yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, a few different things had to happen for it to line up in the way that we're seeing. But, uh, you know, vaccinations rolled out. It was successful. Um, and so as, as part of that, there is just this sort of opening up that's happening, um, you know, around the country, certain parts of the world as well. Uh, and it's going to take a little bit to kind of get those engines going again. But I definitely think looking at what A Quiet Place Part 2 did and even Cruella um, kind of gives you signals that the box office is not like, look, we're not opening 100, 200 million dollar movies just yet in an opening weekend. But it's definitely a signal that people are going back. They want to get back to the movies. And if you put stuff in the theaters that uh, sort of demand to be seen in theaters like this Quiet Place movie, uh, people are going to go and they feel more comfortable doing so. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about that movie specifically. I actually am going to go check it out this week in the theater. Uh, it's playing near me. I love the first movie a lot. I, I thought it was uh, I, I mean, it just it kind of spawned about 50 co copycat films too afterwards. And it was it was such a I'm a huge horror movie fan. I always think, Eric, when you one of the re reasons why I love that Wolf of Snow Hollow movie so much, I think that we were talking about, is if you can take something that is a genre that is as oversaturated as this one is and do something that feels different, um, I, I really have a lot of respect for that. And that's what the world building in the first Quiet Place was. I'm, I'm thrilled to see that the reviews seem really healthy. The box office seems really healthy. You noted on your Twitter that, what, 72% of theaters are open, and this thing basically did what the first movie did. How much of a win is it for this, you know, what is it, um, fledgling franchise, I assume it's going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big win. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I do a lot of number crunching at Rotten Tomatoes because I'm obsessed with the data. And both the first movie and the sequel are over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that is super rare for a part one and a part two of a horror franchise to show you how rare it is. Like, I think the last ones that were able to achieve it were like Alien and Aliens, uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Part 2. Before that, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, the originals. Uh, and before that, Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein going all the way back to like the 30s. So uh, it's a super rare achievement for a horror franchise to, to kind of get that good marks, that good of marks on its first two movies. So, yeah, I think that not only is this sort of a blossoming franchise, but I also think that. You know, it's the kind of franchise that is arriving at a time when you can make moves. You know, Paramount also has their streaming service. This movie, actually, after 45 days in theaters, is going to be available um, on the Paramount Plus service as well as on places where you, you buy and rent movies. So um, I, I still think you should go see it in the theaters, though. <laughs> Let me put that out there. But I do think that they can create an offshoot series for this for this uh for these films the third movie they're saying uh, there's another guy that's directing it jeff nichols they're saying that it might follow somebody else and so you could now kind of use those uh you know ingredients that we've seen the superhero movies do so well and start branching off in different directions of course you know you can get repetitive when it's like there's monsters and they attack when there's a sound that could get repetitive after a while. So how do you not only expand the universe, but also evolve it at the same time? That's going to be the trick of this uh, franchise going forward. But uh, right out of the gate, it's first two. 
they knocked them out of the park, I thought. That's good, because I think one of the things I liked about the first one was they, they cast, I mean, just the, the couple was, the chemistry's there for obvious reasons, and then when you have one of those characters, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but, you know, they're not alive the second time around, you worry about that, and then... I think that's the reason why the Conjuring movies work so well is that Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, they they work so well together that like, yeah, the scares are important, the horror is important, but when you have that nuke, it's, it's rare for me, Eric, where there's a horror protagonist that I care about. Usually, you know, the monsters or the supernatural or the slasher is the most interesting character, but when you have that nucleus that you actually do care what happens to them moving throughout the movie that's always going to make a better movie viewing experience no matter what the genre is exactly yeah if the more you're invested in your act your heroes of the story in a horror movie the more successful that that movie is going to be like you said so a lot of the times these are sort of like you know kids uh ha hanging out at like a campsite you don't really care you just you're, you're more in interested in like the killer and or the slasher or something is is that's what the fanfare revolves around. But yeah, you have, you know, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, uh, who, who are at the center of these conjuring movies, they play real life duo. And those cases are real cases. Uh, that's what makes this new conjuring movie very interesting because this is like one of their, their biggest cases. Uh, and it's a wild case too, uh, that the movie revolves around, but also that quiet place, that family, you're very invested yeah. in them and, and you're, you're following them and you care what happens to them. And, and that is just going to amplify the experience you have with those films. Eric, the conjuring comes out, it's doing the bit where it's going to be on HBO max and in the theater. I'm going to make an effort to go see it in, in the theater for obvious reasons. Uh, first of all, I watched mortal Kombat in the theater and I had a great time and then I watched it at home and I was kind of like, Ugh. so like, I think you kind of need to, you need to have that theater theatrical experience <laughs> you if you did. can have it. Um, where does it con does, does it need a big hit at this point? Is it established? Like, does the universe continue in those two? Because we've seen it continue without them. You know, we've seen so many spinoff movies. Annabelle's very successful by itself. I think The Nun was financially very successful, even though I didn't really like that movie all that much. That That's a horror cinematic universe that a lot of people kind of sleep on. What is the state of that after this uh, third Conjuring movie? Well, I, I still think it's strong, you know, uh, and they definitely remind you in this movie of that room um, where they have all of those different trinkets from all of their different, you know, uh, haunted expeditions over the years, which they played played with a lot uh, in that in that last movie was that Annabelle movie um, was a lot of fun. And so, I, I mean, I think there's definitely room to play around. Uh, I think. When you have Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, I think they do an excellent job playing Ed and Lorraine Warren. And so, you know, you're immediately sort of invested in them. And I think in this third Conjuring film, uh, they, they do a lot with the two of them uh, and sort of kind of anchor the story in their relationship, uh, which I think is important to do. Um, and, you know, I think the fact that a lot of these movies are based on real Real stories, you know, this one, a, a guy, I think this was the first case where somebody pled uh, demonic possession uh, in terms of murder, pled not guilty by reason of demonic possession. So this really happened. This guy did this. Um, and so this is a, a story that um, is interesting. And I think that uh, that kind of brings more intrigue to it. And, you know, uh, I, you know, the the expanse, the expansion of the series I think also depends on the villains and 
and are the new villains that you introduce uh, interesting uh, enough to create ancillary content out of that? So, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens from here on out. James Wan, who originally created The Conjuring, he directed the first two, did not direct this one, but he also has another original horror movie coming out in September called Malignant that we don't know anything about. So I think, you know, him being involved is important because I think he is really the sort of the, the chief master of this universe. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's, he, he does a good job of kind of slipping the jab, as I like to say in horror movies where you expect something and then something else happens. And that's, that's kind of crucial to keep the audience on its toes. It seems so well versed in all the tropes of horrordom. Um, you got it. What is going on with this Spider-Man franchise? Like, so the Craven news, I see this and that's, that's great casting. Like, I, I think that's very interesting. And it's a, I, I don't know if I just don't think, I think here, here's what, as a longtime comic book reader and that people, you know, that becomes less and less of a stigma as you say that moving forward in society. But I, I think that these studio executives don't really understand Venom is a, an intensely beloved character. Like people were obsessed with that character. Um, they're not obsessed with uh, Mo uh, the Morbius, the living vampire. That they're not obsessed with Craven, the hunter. And I, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think it's an interesting cast and I, a casting call. And to bring him back after he was already in the cinematic universe certainly going to give you something to write about. And then you're, you're seeing these stories that oh, Willem Dafoe he might be the principal villain moving forward. And oh, maybe Andrew Garfield's involved. What do we know concrete wise about this? I guess Sony cinematic universe that they're putting together on their side. And I don't know, are they expecting to make $800 million on Craven the Hunter like they did on Venom? I just don't see it. <laughs> you know, I, it'll be interesting to see. I uh, clearly, uh, Sony feels like they have wiggle room to play around with these villains, sort of anti heroes that there there's, there's legs there, uh, when it comes to, the Spider-Man universe and the characters that they have rights to, um, and then how it all merges together, we will we will see. You know um, what we do know is Spider-Man: No Way Home is on its way. Um, Sony has said that their universe uh, that they are expanding uh, will make more sense after we see that film. There's all kinds of YouTubers saying they know this person who said this or that. They know this person that said that, and I think we gotta. I think we got to take that with a grain of salt until we really see a trailer, until we see these actors in footage and to see what they're going to do. But, you know, Marvel has not been uh, ha has put out false stuff in the past to kind of throw people uh, around corners and whatnot. But I think it would be cool if uh, all of these Sony sort of characters came back um, and then the plot of this sort of opened up this new world that made fans really interested. But yeah, I mean, Craven the Hunter on paper doesn't seem like something, you know, Morbius too, doesn't seem like something that would be a huge hit. But um, if this Spider-Man No Way Home film creates a story that makes it really intriguing to fans and they want to see sort of what happens there if we see some of these characters pop up and it's like really intriguing and now that's the launch pad for them in their solo film it, you know we could see anything um i i don't put it past when i see a solo movie that's announced and i'm like i don't know i'm not really interested in that uh i you know you could you could see it 
rolling out in a number of different ways uh, where all of a sudden it's coming out and, and it's the hottest thing. And you're like, I did not see people caring about this, but look, you know, they did this and this and this, and now it's like a hot pro- pro- property. So I guess we have to see. And, you know, of course, how does it all come together? Does do all of these solo movies then form into another giant Spider-Man movie? I, you know, until we see sort of the cards that they have and they put them on the table, it's hard to kind of judge right now what will be successful and what won't be um, because I think it all kind of ties together, but I'm interested to see sort of how Sony uses the MCU narrative to kind of uh, push up their own separate universe. And then how are they going to speak to each other? I think that's really interesting. And, and uh, we're going to get a good, a good uh, look at it in this new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and I it's you know we you and I have spoken many times about, you know, how we're never the pop culture event that that the 10 years of the, the MCU was and how we'll never see anything like that again, but if another movie studio launches another cinematic universe based on what was done, but it's not it's not directly associated. I, I don't know. It's it's first. First of all, it's very comic booky. That, that's the good thing. You ain't gonna lose <laughs> any people to read comic books because they're confusing as hell. There's multiple dimensions and all types of different existences. But if that is able to take place, that you know that is a tributary off the river that I never would have expected. Um, I'm gonna have to see it though to unfold. Uh, let me, Eric. While I have you, I, I like 300. I think is a really fun movie. I like it. I watch it uh, quite a few times. Um, after that, I. I can probably pick apart most Zack Snyder movies. And I think with visuals, he's tremendous. I, I watched the Army of the Dead movie. Uh, there was about 90 minutes in it. I said, my God, you could cut this out and it would be a much tighter, more enjoyable movie. But when Dave gets going in the elevator and they're having that running shootout across a casino floor with a bunch of zombies, I'm like, this is fabulous. Like I've watched zombie movies my whole life and this is the best zombie action I've ever seen. And I, I'm so conflicted about that guy. Is that why so much of what you do, like so much of what the internet discussing movies, it's just dominated by him. And I know we're talking about a guy that's had his hands in Batman and Superman, all these giant properties. So that's going to come up. But I, I just feel like every day on every movie blog I click on, there's two or three Zack Snyder stories, no matter what's going on. What is it about this guy that's so intriguing to everyone? You know, I'm I'm interested in that too. I think that, uh, it was uh, a perfect storm of a recipe that, you know, uh, the, the DC movies have a strong fan base, um, just as as the Marvel do. And I think sort of DC, the fans of DC always felt like they were trying to kind of catch up. They were trying to catch up to what Marvel, everything was Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. And then I think this guy, so there was always that built in sort of catch up, like we're the underdog. We need to sort of, uh, we, we need our movies to be big too. The Batman's the Superman's and, and justice league. Like it could be just as big as this MCU stuff if we can only just get there. So there was this underdog quality to just the DC fandom to begin with. And then I think you throw Zack Snyder in there, who had his his universe. A lot of people were sort of bought into his Man of Steel movie, which was really good, his Batman v Superman movie, which was okay. Um, and so I think people were buying into sort of his universe that he was building. Uh, then there was the whole story arc of it being snatched away from him. Um, and so there was, you know, he became another kind of underdog. Uh, and so I think all of the, those things sort of materialized and came together to form this movement of, of fans that really wanted to sort of see 
you know, his cut of that film and they wanted him to see him. Uh, he became sort of this this figure uh, that represented, I guess, uh, the underdogs of the world and the people that feel like their vision or something that got has been taken away from them or they didn't get a fair shot. And, you know, I, so I think there's a lot of people that just wanted to see his justice league movie uh, and wanted to see his vision play out. Uh, And there's a lot of people that I think feel uh, relate to his story in some way that, you know, has nothing to do with comic books, but just their lives. They feel like they, they wanted somebody to root for. They wanted a team to be on and, and um, maybe they were outcasts in, in other ways of their lives. And so I think it all kind of came together to form this movement around him um, and then Netflix very smartly was like, all right, you know what? We'll give you money to go do whatever you want to uh, and build your own universe for us because uh, clearly the fan base is there. And so that seems to be what he's potentially doing with this army of the dead. There's going to be a prequel. There could be a sequel. There might be a graphic novel. You know, so he's good at sort of world building and universe building. Um and we'll have to see how that plays out. You know, after 17,000 seasons of The Walking Dead, I don't know how much universe <laughs> building there is for people in the zombie space. But I liked Army of the Dead, I think, more than those Rotten Tomatoes scores, both critics and audiences. I actually really liked it. I agree it's a little long. His stuff tends to be long. On Netflix, you can go a little long. But, um, you know, I, I liked it. I like kind of the ingredients that he put down there. Is it enough to sustain a big universe? We'll see. But I think that's a little bit of why, how it became to be. Um, But it's definitely interesting. And I think without social media being there, this would have never happened. But I think it was just this perfect storm of the story, of the fandom, of social media, of people looking to be to be belong to something, to belong to a team. And I think that's kind of how it all happened. Speaking of zombie movies, I saw Cillian Murphy was doing uh, press for A Quiet Place 2, and um, did uh, he said he's up for 28 months later. I didn't realize how long it's been since 28 Weeks Later <laughs> came out, and I I tell you what, I, I, I think, Eric, I, it reminds me, the franchise reminds me of Aliens. Like, 28 Days Later reminds me of the it, kind of an action movie version of 28, excuse me, 28 Weeks reminds me of an action movie, movie, a version of 28 Days, and that kind of was what happened with the Alien franchise. I, I love both of those movies he says he's up for 28 months later i don't even know that you need him involved with it but he's a fabulous actor i'd you know certainly i would like that as a fan but what did you think of those quotes and do you think we'll ever get that third installment i i thought for certain we would have it by now yeah i think we could i think we definitely could see that third installment you know um but i i don't know you know i i feel like there there needs to be some new blood injected into uh, <laughs> into the zombie franchise. Um, I think we need to see something different. Yeah, I liked kind of what Snyder did. He's like, I'm going to give you the same the same zombies that you like to see, but then we're also going to create these new like evolved, advanced zombies, uh, which I don't quite understand. Me but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what that means. Um, I, so I think you got to do something different. You know, I, yeah, you have that twenty. I don't know how how much fandom, how much box office is necessarily built into that 28 uh, quote, you know, quote franchise. I don't, I don't know how much fandom is there for it. I know there's a lot of fandom for him. Sure. Uh, you know, all of our interviews for quiet place, all they do is talk about him. They love this guy. Um, so if he returns to a 28 months later, um, I'm sure you'll, you'll get some fanfare. I think I would want to see some of those original creators um, also involved. 
um, because I think they're really smart. Um, so if they're all involved and, and he returns, then yeah, sure, of course, I'm going to watch it. But I also think you need to introduce something different that we haven't seen from the genre yet. I would I would love them just to take another swing at it, whether it's successful or not. It is uh, go to Fandango.com, all movie news, all movie tickets, everything you need at Eric Davis on Twitter. And this is Eric Davis on Instagram. Tremendous conversation and information as always, Eric. Thank you so much for the time today, my friend. Without a doubt, Dukes, take care of yourself. It's my guy, Eric Davis. Always appreciate him making time for the Chad Duke show. The Chad Duke show merchandise store is up and running. So click the shop tab on chaddukeshow.com for show t-shirts and koozies. Hey everybody, Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or rocking a six-pack, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DUKES at manscaped.com. If you feel odd for whatever reason about getting your dad a nice, perfect groomer, I don't know why, they're fantastic, but if you do, Manscaped has plenty of other products aside from the 4.0. Get your dad some cologne, get him some nose hair trimmers, get him whatever you think would be appropriate. I will be going to manscaped.com and using code DUKES for free shipping and 20% off for my dad's gift for Father's Day. It is everything that I could think to get him. He's going to be smelling nice, be walking around confident, going to be feeling good, and that's all that I want. Use code DUKES at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Big Shoot is gaming and he wants you to be a part of it. Head over to Chad Duke Show Gaming on Facebook, turn on your notifications, and you'll know when Shooter is going live. Tune in to see big finishing moves, tall vampire ladies, and samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. You didn't see the big news, Gigantor? Let me check here. You missed the big news. The big news. The Wizards won? Uh, No. Okay. No. That wouldn't be the big news, unfortunately. Tom Holland's birthday. Tom Holland's birthday. Spider-Man? No. Oh, wait. Here's something just announced. No. Nope, 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 nope. The Wizards winning. Wizards fans chanting, we want Philly. That's the big news. Like, what were you dummies thinking? Any other guesses? Maybe it's that I watched the uh, season series, uh, season six of Star Trek The Next Generation last night when Spock comes back and tries to reunify uh, the Vulcans and the Romulans. That's not the big news, but that was big news for me. Oh, uh, is it uh, Jake Paul's fight? It is. Our guy, Jumpin' Jake Paul, is going to box former UFC welterweight champion Tyrone Woodley, who has had not only multiple knockouts in the UFC, but has had knockouts of the night in the UFC. Of course, let's not bring up the fact that the dude's damn near 40 and he's lost, I believe, his last five fights in a row. Maybe his last four fights. I'm not sure. But it's going to be a pro bout. This will be Paul's fourth, Jake Paul's fourth, not Logan Paul, who is fighting Floyd Mayweather earlier in the month, I believe, in an exhibition. Um, and this is going to be Tyrone Woodley's first uh, pro boxing, 20 by 20 ring, 10 ounce gloves, all of that jazz. And it's going to be on 
Showtime, and a lot of people are saying that there's going to be a, a full crowd for this one, so I don't know what that means. Um, Tyrone Woodley was a teammate of Ben Askren, for those that don't know. Ben Askren was the MMA fighter that uh, Jake Paul knocked out the last time yep. that he fought. They had a verbal confrontation to kind of set the stage for this. Also, Tyrone Woodley was not a part of the UFC, so he doesn't, you know, the UFC, Dana White has come out and said he's not doing any more business with these guys, so that, that works out well for them as well. Now, Tyrone Woodley is a former UFC welterweight champion, and he defended that title four times, which is very, very impressive. Um, but he is 39, and he's lost all of his last fights, and he has not looked the same. I'll say that. I've watched a, a, many of those fights. He hasn't looked the same. But I got to say he's this, the stiffest competition that, that this kid is going to have faced thus far. He's only 24 years old. He has signed a multi-fight contract with Showtime Tour, as I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Before we get into anything about the actual fight, because I don't know how many people care about the fight game the way that you, know, you or I do. Um, I look at this, and if he goes out there and he knocks out Tyrone Woodley, like that is going to be more impressive than anything else he has done thus far. And I think what you can say is, each, as much as everyone hates this kid, Every fight he has taken has been an increase in competition. He fought, his first fight was against another social media guy that I've never heard of. Yeah. Then he fought Nate Robinson. Then he fought uh, Ben Askren. Now he's fighting Tyrone Woodley. So you can't say that he's not increasing um, in difficulty his opponents, leveling up, as they say. Do you think his career, though, Tor can survive a loss. Like if he goes out there and loses a decision to Tyrone Woodley and looks gassed out in the later rounds, like are people going to then plunk down any money to see him fight again? Because right now I feel like it's, oh my God, he knocks out every one of his opponents regardless of what you think of his opponents. That's an intriguing storyline. I think that people want to see him get knocked out. And I think they will continuously pay for the opportunity to see him Jake uh, Jake Paul get knocked out, and but people have said that about Floyd Mayweather his whole career. Exactly. Now and he's Floyd Mayweather. He kept on getting fights, and, and with him uh, fighting Woodley, it's we just got to be patient because if he keeps on doing a slow climb, right. Everybody wants to see him fight like Francis Ngannou and just get his jaw broken. He's not going to do that. Exactly. So we just got to stay patient because eventually, the guy that we're all rooting against will lose, and he will lose badly. We could all cheer, but. It's just got to take some time. So we got to suffer through a, another fight where he still looks pretty good in the ring. And I'm not going to say he, he looked bad in the ring against Askren. He did. He whooped his ass. And this Woodley fight, he's probably still going to look pretty good. And it's going to be frustrating for a lot of people, including me. Uh, but it, it's going to be entertaining. And I, I will. I, I'm going to keep watching him. I just am. I know it's a, it's a it's a gong show. I'm going to watch. I also think that, you know, whatever that social media, I don't know, I honestly don't know what a social media influencer does. We, we throw that term around left and right. I still don't know what it is. I know why they're valuable. They have an enormous following. And so you can sell advertising and things like that. People pay for that stuff. But I don't know how he rose to fame. I, people have explained it to me. I still don't get it. And I'm not, hey, I just don't understand that. But he, because that's how he earned his chops, he has a really good he does a really good job of keeping himself in the headlines, even when he's not fighting. Right, showing up, you know, at, at UFC fights, talking about giving quotes about Dana White, uh, stealing Floyd Mayweather's hat, selling a bunch of hats. Like it's all dumb shit, but it all keeps him top of mind. And I, I would say there's a skill to that. Um, 
I don't know how this is also going to be affected by the fact that his brother's fighting like the biggest name in boxing just like a couple of weeks beforehand. Is that, I guess you can sustain both of those things. I don't, I don't know. I've just never seen anything like this. And do the paydays continue? I mean, you had, uh, uh, what's his name? Woodley has come out and said, hey, it's, this is the biggest payday in my career. His quote is, easiest fight of my career, biggest purse of my career, all in one night. Basically, they brought me in to take out the trash. I can't wait to shut this bitch up. This is getting it done for the culture, the whole MMA community and boxing community to rid this guy of combat sports. Now, that's funny because you, you're, you're a part of that now. You, and, and if you lose, you're a part of his legacy and perpetuating his legitimacy in this sport. And it's interesting. I don't know that I could be that angry with someone that if I decide to be involved with them, I have the biggest payday of my career. I think that's very interesting that he's going to run that level. of, And maybe it's all f- selling a fight, but Tyron Woodley doesn't necessarily strike me as that type of dude. It's just a weird pop culture confluence, isn't it? It's a strange thing. It really is. And with the Logan Paul fights, uh, after that big uh, kerfuffle and uh, when... <laughs> When Jake got you know banned from going to the right. to the Mayweather fight, there's a video of of him and his brother, uh, and his brother is distraught because Jake won't be there. You know the brothers, and they walk in, and Logan is just super pissed at him, and they're on their private jet. What do you think Jake Paul does in the private jet? I don't know. Takes his hat. <laughs> That's what makes me think it's got to be all shtick, right? And they start fighting on the plane. It's like, I don't know. That's it's a good idea. So just. Funny. I you got to start taking He's people's a- hats. Go take Joe's hat right now. Uh-oh. No, no, I'm just getting. I'm just getting a soda. I'm just getting a soda. Just- Joe, you're not going to stab him for taking your hat. No, no, no. It's my hat. I'm just getting a soda. I'm going to stab you. Joe, put the sword away. Please. I'm just getting. <laughs> He's just getting some refreshments, Joe. Joe, you can't stab people for taking your hat. Yes, I can. You well, I mean, you can, but you'll go to jail for the rest of your life. What are you doing now? Are you pacing around the room? I'll take a great bubbly, Tor. <laughs> like a great bubbly. Joe, sit down, please. Sit down. What are you going to do? You going to take your sword out and stab him? Yes. <laughs> oh, he got his hat. Oh, he got his hat. He got his hat. He got his hat. Stop it. You can't stab him. I can't believe you let him got, get your hat after all that, Joe. <laughs> Look how upset he is. He's big mad. So you can't stab him, Joe. Stab him so Joe, you can't go to Monks if you stab Tor. I can't believe he let you take his hat after all that. Why don't you just go stand up by the, 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 the fucking elevator? He wouldn't have come. He's, he's taking it off that weeble wobble. Boy, Joe looks weird without a hat, doesn't he? Yeah, I like the hat on him. Keep that hat back on you. Joe, how, would the, how did you possibly let him take your hat? That was unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, here was Tor uh, taking Joe's hat and then coming back up here to the broadcast area. <laughs> there he is. Oh, look, he's back here with my bubbly. <laughs> hey, you didn't get me a bubbly. No, you you keep that one. Go get. No, no, you want that one. Go back and get me another one, please. Whatever you do, don't steal Joe's hat. All right. Joe, he's not going to take your hat this time. I've asked him specifically not to. He's not going to do it, Joe. Joe, stop stop threatening to stab him, for God's sake. That's what we call an escalation in violence. You know what I mean, Joe? Like someone comes up to you and they put your fist up and you pull a pistol out and shoot him, you're going to go to jail. 
<laughs> Even if they were threatening to punch you. Joe, how did you let him take your hat that time? I didn't think he had the balls to do it. Because you thought you, you were going to fillet him. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tor got my uh, great bubbly. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, man. It looks delicious. Nice ice cold. Hey, hey, I see you. I see you. <laughs> Joe, you're paranoid, man. Jeez. I see you. Yeah, I'm right in front of you. By the way, there's jokes. I can't make them. Maybe some John Cena jokes there, but I'm not going to make them. All right. I can't believe you let him take your hat, Joe. Completely emasculated. Jesus Christ. By the way, Joe's got a big, big head because this is Tor speaking to him right as he took his hat. Hey, are you about a size 14? Joe's got a size 14 hat. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, the fight. Yeah. Are we watching this thing? Hell yeah. I mean, I'm st am I stupid? I mean, I'm stupid, right? I'm really excited for this fight. I'm more excited for this fight than any of the UFC fights I've been watching recently. I'm dumb, right? Uh, hey, dumb's uh, not the wrong word. It's... I like the spectacle. Yeah. You know? Right. I do like that he keeps calling himself a, a, a Disney actor. He <laughs> says MMA champion versus Disney actor. I just like the whole fucking rigmarole surrounding it. I love the theatricality. Maybe it's the pro wrestling fan of me that still digs this horse shit, but... It, some reason I do, and I'd be willing to plunk down a couple of shekels for it. We watch it up here in the studio. Make sure you sign up for the Chad Duke Show mailing list on chaddukeshow.com. Be the first to know what's happening on the program and maybe even win a prize or two. We promise we won't fill up your inbox with tasteful nudes. Well, we promise we'll truly make an effort not to. Well, I think that cicadas might be meat as uh, one. I got a, a crushed one. On my way in they're here. They're girthy. Like, they're very meaty, I would say. That thing just flap right on the windshield. I'm like, that that thing is just all meat. They don't. They're very stupid. Like, they, stupid. they don't know. Like, I watch a cicada. Like, a cicada will flip itself over, and then it just can't get back up. And I'm like, fuck you. You deserve to die if you can't flip your dumb ass self over. What the hell have you been doing for 17 years? I don't know. And then if, if my dog can bat you out of the sky, you deserve to die. And I, I've watched Ripley do it 10 times already in the backyard. One goes, whap, knocks it right out of the sky. There's a big fucking dead pit of them in front of the guy that kills them in front of the back of our house. Yeah, they do nothing. And then, God forbid, you, you remove one from your house by the wing, and then it's then it's turbo time, and they oh, start yeah. losing. Then, then they got then they've been fucking carbo loading for the past six months. <laughs> then they get all the energy in the world. Jester's about to eat them. <laughs> and I don't know why, like they don't hurt you, but it, I think it's because they're so like if you can feel something land on you, I don't know why, but that's way scarier. Like if I looked down and I saw like a honeybee on me, I'd be worried about getting stung, but I don't think I'd be terrified. If those fucking things, like, like when they can clamp legs onto you, that's when I think everybody freaks out. I mean, they're prehistoric. It's a, it's just they're are they really? Insane. I, I mean, locusts and all that stuff has been around forever. Hmm. I have to assume. I'm also stupid, so I associate anything that, that's been that, that can go into hibernation for 17 years and just right. reemerge as prehistoric. Right, just because it's, because anything that happened 17 years ago is prehistoric. I mean, it's just like like. Like the real, like the Disney afternoon is prehistoric. Like tailspin is prehistoric. Just old animals. Yeah, right. We're all old animals. The gigantor. Yeah. I agree. They deserve to die. I understand that. One hundred percent. So, leads me to this story. This is this is my wildlife show because I had many wildlife encounters this week. So I'm sitting in the uh, on Thursday. We'd wrap the shows up. We'd got the free show put in the can. So I'm sitting in the fucking pool, and I have my computer up on the rail. 
and I'm uh, I forgot what I was I was doing something, and uh, a cicada flew by and like landed right next to me. And I looked at it, and it wasn't fucking with me at all. So I was like, all right, dude, you can chill. I was like, as long as you stay over there, you can fucking chill. He starts making the long, slow march towards me, so he gets the old thip. And I'm sure the thip was enough to do him in because they're huge pussies. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my – keep in mind, my new computer that I bought because I dumped the beer into the old computer live on the hoot nanny. I look I, – I feel like – um like a brushing on my the front part of my stomach, like not my big fat gut, but up towards the tits, like the, the middle part of your, whatever, that, the sternum, like right here. Yeah. And I think it's another cicada. So I look down, and it's the biggest toad I've ever seen in my life. And it's in the fucking pool. And he's swimming by me. And I, and I go, whoa! And I fucking, I had a drink that I knocked over. I splash everything up in the air. I have my phone and my computer and an iPad lined up. And I don't know, I love toads. Like, I like toads a lot. But for whatever reason, he was doing his toad thing in the water. And they just know, what that's what he was doing, Big Rig, right there. Big Rig does a good toad, if you look at him right there. It's pretty good. Pretty good, not bad. She had a gift for that for the show. Um... He's doing his toad thing, and they just, you just feel out class. I think one of the reasons why when you go in the water and something brushes up against you, you feel so fucking violated is because it's not your realm. Like, you are an invader into these creatures. Like, if those creatures, if that, if that fucking frog walked into my living room, I, I'm going to fucking bust his ass, right? Because I'm on my turf. Yeah. But I'm in his turf, so he could do whatever he wants to me, and I, I could do very little. Now, what I figured out, Tor, is that. He was in a bad place. Like, I think he'd been in that pool for a while, and he'd been circulating that fucking chlorine water through his ass for a minute. So he looked up at me as he gets by. After I freak out, he kind of gives me, like, the frog eye, where he looks up, like, with that one black eye. And I'm like, all right, bro, you're in a tough spot. So I get this, I get the skimmer, and I pick him up. He's, he's girthy. Like, he's a weighty motherfucker. Way weightier than that turd that you fired into the toilet that we taped. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I put him on the side. And he's just chilling. Like, he just literally sits there kind of fucked up. Like, he's off to the side. I could see, like, water pouring out of him. And I'm like, all right, bro, just take it easy for a minute. And we'll see where you are. And I go back to my computer, wipe it all off, typing for about 30 minutes. I look over, and he kind of, like, gets back down into, like, toad mode where he's fucking, you know, toads kind of sit a certain way. Yeah. So he's, like, back from being I'm all fucked up mode to I'm in toad mode. So then I just work a finger over and I start rubbing, like I just start rubbing the back of his head and he just kind of like, he like puts his head up like he's enjoying it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like this motherfucker was in a bad spot. He saw that I was in the pool. I rescued him. Now we're cool, right? Like me and this toad are fucking dope. Yeah, your friends now. We're two dope boys in a Cadillac, me and this fucking toad. <laughs> Wife loves toads. I leave him there. She comes home from work. I say, babe, big toad out here. I know you're a big fan. I swear to God, this is what happens. She goes over the toad. She goes, oh, my God, I love toads. Picks him up, like, way too quickly. He freaks out. Big legs shoot out either way. Motherfucker goes straight up in the air. Whack, 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 down the concrete steps. And I go, holy shit, you just killed the fucking toad. I just saved his fucking life. I was fucking incensed. I was so mad. And she's like, stop being a pussy. He's fine. But there's a way that fucking toad is fine. She reaches down and picks him up, still in toad mode. For whatever reason, like he was all fucked up by the pool, but by the big fucking tumble down the concrete steps, takes him over, puts him next to the ferns, and he just chills there for the rest of the afternoon. Couldn't believe it. But he's a soldier. Motherfucking soldier. 
Like Kellen Winslow Jr. Remember, he told us he was a soldier. But this toad is fatter than hell, man. Like, he must be living good in the neighborhood in my backyard. Because I don't understand where all the toads went. Like, when we first moved in, it was fucking a toad invasion. Like, it was a toad war. They were in the pool. They were up on the deck. And I guess they got the notice. I was like, y'all motherfuckers need to move this shit along. You know, pack up shop, bivouac somewhere else. So they all moved off. And then this guy's living fat and happy in that backyard. Mm. So he just leveled up, and now he's... Now he's I hope, yeah, he definitely did. Like, he's a heavyweight now. So I hope I run into him. I think I've run into him a couple times, because he's too big to, like... There's not to- toads like that running around out there. Right. I don't know why. I like him. I like I like having him around. Frogs, weird. Too slippery, too slimy. And I, I like a nice, craggly toad. Does that make sense? It does, yes. You know, I didn't kill him either, toad. I didn't throw him into the woods. I didn't light him on fire. I didn't stick my dick in his mouth. I didn't do all the shit that you do whenever you find a goddamn animal. Sometimes I will safely return them to the woods. Sometimes? Well, yes. Other times they're, they're BP. Or other times they're just dead in the pool. Oh, that's sad. We got to get them with the skimmer and just... Well, that's the them. thing. Like, I, don't, I think they can live in there for a while. And so I like it when I find one in the skimmer and he's alive. I'm like, bro, the lottery you just hit that I came along and you're still with us. And you just toss them out into the grass. Yeah. They're butt-sized. This dumbass jumps back in a week later. Opening up the pool, though, is always a little... Oh, it's sad. Rank. He's just yeah. like, it's like picking through the bones. It's like the first 30 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. All those dead fucking toads out all over the place. If you're feeling hungry, go check out the show's presenting sponsor, Monk's Barbecue in Purcellville, Virginia. You can follow Monk's on Twitter and Instagram at Monk's BBQ. That's at Monk's BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. Tremendous week of the Chad Dukes show again. Uh, maybe just sign up for the month. See if you like it. Check out the back catalog. Uh, we did the Fastest Hour and Radio bonus show this week. We've done bonus shows at least one <clears throat> every single week. Um, if the hoot goes well, we're going to post that on uh, on Sunday for subscribers. Maybe. Um, and also you get all of our shows that uh, are going to be down at the Outer Banks. It's a good time for you to, to get on board. So go to Chad Dukes show dot com and subscribe cancel something people send us lists all day along of what they've canceled i canceled espn plus to sign up for your show thank you that's what you should do absolutely it's, it's a travesty it's a mockery it's a travis sham mockery uh tor you uh before we were um graced with all those segments you were talking about uh your bro dog cronies uh harassing people on the next door app did you have an update there as far as uh, you said they were going under fake names and harassing adults that were upset that the cars they were driving were so loud is that is that about right uh there was a video of one of my buddies i guess drifting in our high school parking lot which is what winners do when they're 22 uh that's definitely what winners do when they're 22 they go back to their high school parking lot and drift their car what a disaster why wasn't he dragged out of that car and tased thrown in a cell are you are you 22 and you're drifting in the high school parking lot you're going into a gulag we're throwing away the key. We're not even going to tell your parents where you are. A fucking loser. But, you know, they go. The only thing worse than that would be if then he found out that on the next door app, people were trashing him and then he created a fake name to attack them because the dumbass didn't realize that people would know it was him. I'm sorry you were saying. But yes, they uh, they then just did very juvenile uh, Bart Simpson type calling in the Mo names. Uh, Moe's. Moe's uh, well, calling in the Mo. Calling into a bad alt rock band. So it's little things, you know. That's what that's what people pe- preach about, and that's they do. Being able to pronounce Moe's is a little thing that maybe you want to work on. That and remembering the key to this place. Yeah, uh, but you know, if they're 
<laughs> so if you're on the My Neighborhood app or whatever, and you see Mike Hawk or Dick Pound, oh, and, and they're calling Christ. you a narc, and they're, <laughs> they're not your real neighbor. No, they're not. They're just living in their folks' basement. Mike Hawk and what are the names? Dick Pound. It's so dumb. Why bother? Hey, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> they're too proud. Pro I don't know. I don't first know all, what they're proud of. I'm not defending them. First of all, I know, but they're tag. What were their comments? What's Dick Pound and the comments on the fucking next door app? Mike, Mike Hawk. Mike Hawk. Oh, excuse me. God, dude. Uh, Mike Hawk was was a little a uh, little more wordy. He was just uh, talking about how they. Uh, how Why don't you hang out with people that push you forward, Tor? How are these people going to push you forward? I don't hang out with these two very much. <laughs> hey, Gramps! If you don't like me drift racing Tokyo drift style around Robinson High School, you can cram it up your cram hole. Why don't you crawl in the casket, old man? If it's too loud, you're too old. Am I? Uh, how's my aim? That's about the the genesis. That that, that that's pretty spot on. What Mike Hawk uh, was saying. Why wouldn't Mike Hawk look and say, "Oh my God, people are seeing that I'm drift racing in the parking lot of my high school"? Like, why wouldn't he be more embarrassed about that? Oh, it wasn't Mike Hawk that was drift racing. It was Dick Pound. So he was defending Dick Pound. Yes. Well, maybe he has some you know stronger feelings for than he's in touch with. So Dick Pound and Mike Hawk are, are double teaming the uh, the old looky loo. Just the neighborhood, yeah. And then uh... look, I'm as annoyed with people that are going to be taping that and posting it. What is that going to do? Posting it on the neighborhood watch site? Like what 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 ramifications will there be for that? I don't know. It's just keep a lookout for this car, I guess, and scold them when they. I would just get out. Of, you yeah. got to get out of that neighborhood. You got to move out of that place. There's just too much nonsense going on in that establishment. So what did you say? So they, I'm guessing they bragged about this. They were very excited. And they told you. Yeah, they sent the screenshots. Oh my god. Yeah, bro. We totally roasted these charges. Oh god. Let's go hang out in the parking lot of the McDonald's on Friday night. We could smoke cigarettes and talk about Finch's mom. What a terrible existence. Youth is wasted on the wrong people. I learned that in It's a Wonderful Life, and I stand by it today. All right, Tor, well, good luck with all that. Thank you. Yeah, rising tide raises all ships. You know that works in reverse, too, my friend. All right, very good. Uh, do we have anything else we need to get to today? Are we good to go? Nope, just show up uh, for the Hoot Nanny at chadduceshow.com tonight. Oh, that's right. I have audio of uh, Gigantor arriving at the Hoot Nanny tonight, actually. There he is. Parking those scooters out there in the hot northern Virginia sun. And we hope you guys will all be there as well. That is Facebook.com slash Chad Dukes show. 7 p.m. Friday night. It is live. You got to watch it live. Anything can happen. You can't stop the shining. You're looking at my watch, but my mind's really the diamond. Thank you so much for checking out the Chad Dukes show. Spread the word. Tell a friendo to listen to this free episode. Maybe they'll like what they hear. They'll get bit by the mosquito. And hopefully we pass on some of that Beijing flu or whatever. What does the mosquitoes do? Malaria. malaria? Yeah, right? Look at you knowing malaria. But you still haven't seen Princess Bride. I did a report on malaria once. You did a report. I got to get a copy of that report. CC me that on that report, please, immediately. I need to read that. I need some I need some reading material. Also, I need a, something to wipe with. I'm out of toilet paper. All right, very good. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, ChadDukeShow.com. Subscribe if you like the lowbrow, disgusting toilet humor that you've heard today. Gigantor, thank you, brother man, brother man. Thank you for uh, 
Thank pick, you. Picking up the show today and putting putting us all on your back. Picking up the show. Yeah. Putting on. Well, look at me. I'm like Sisyphus rolling that boulder up the hill, and just gonna roll back over and crush me. Come Monday, it'll be all right. Good Lord, as well. When the creeks don't rise, we'll see you tonight for the hoot. Roll out the trash cans.